Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, my name is Carrie Lucas, and I'm president of the Independent Women's Forum. Thank you for joining us for this version of IWF's Working for Women podcast. This month, the Senate has been debating immigration. Senators have introduced different proposals to address facets of our immigration system and national security. Most Americans value what immigrants contribute to our economy, culture, and communities. But our immigration system is in need of reform to be compassionate, but also to work for Americans. Unfortunately, discussions about the best way to improve our immigration system is often uh, distracted by a lack of understanding about what different immigrant communities bring to our country. Now, IWF's policy, a senior policy analyst, Patrice Anwuka, who is herself an immigrant, wrote a really outstanding op-ed for the Washington Post this week to debunk some of the stereotypes we've heard about immigrants from certain nations. So, Patrice, um, we're going to chat today, and I would love to hear about what you expect from the Senate debate. Uh, Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Carrie. Um, This essay was compelling because you wove in so much of your personal story. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I was born in a small island, uh, a British island in the Caribbean called Montserrat. It's still a colony, so we're not independent. Uh, And and it was, it's beautiful. Uh, We have black sand beaches, uh, you know, it's, these fruit standing, you know, growing on the side of the road. And, and my, my family, we had a pretty nice middle-class um, lifestyle, nice home, cars, everything that we could have wanted. Uh, but my parents looked, you know, 20 years down the line, and they recognized that um, there wouldn't be educational opportunities for, for me or my brother. Um, and really, our future, our career prospects were very limited. I mean, everything is owned by the government, so you're going to have to work for the government in some way. And I really think they wanted more for us. And, and so they decided to, you know, sell everything um, and apply to come to the United States. And, and we were accepted. We, we packed up our entire life and, and pretty much moved to this country. When I was three years old, we, we had five suitcases of clothes and that was it. Uh, and we started over in wow. Boston. Uh, it was like cold, <laughs> cold temperature wise, <laughs> cold culturally. Uh, we didn't know. We hardly knew anyone. Uh, and we left behind pretty much everything and everyone we knew. And it was it was difficult. I mean, we didn't move to a, the same kind of neighborhood either. We we moved to a poor neighborhood where, um, you know, gangs were, you know, around every corner. Uh, I remember finding our, our kids kids found some drug needles in our schoolyard in our, in our neighborhood. Wow. So it was like during the drug epidemic. I mean, it was scary. Um, but, you know, we, we worked hard. My parents really pushed education. And, and today, you know, my brothers and I, we are benefiting from everything that we've gained in this country just because of the sacrifices my parents made. And, and, and to, this, to this day, they still say that every single sacrifice is worth it. Well, that's, you know, that really is such an amazing story and such a, you know, um, it's a story that we've heard through, from the centuries of, of people who've decided to, mm-hmm. to leave the safety and security of their home country and, and come here and to make a new life. And it's, it really is inspiring. Um, and now in your piece, you kind of get, you dispel three misperceptions that are particularly about um, black immigrants or immigrants. Um, so can you kind of share that with us and, and tell some of those, the, the real facts? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's three things that I wanted to clear up. And, and it's funny, when I, this piece went live, some of my family members said, Patrice, thank you for sharing this because people are not saying it. You know, number one, 
not all of us come from countries that are war-torn or that are poverty-stricken. I mean, my island, for example, I think the ratio of cars to people is three to one. So we were not coming from a poor <laughs> background. There are people who do, but we were not. Um, and, and and part of that, too, is you, know, you leave behind a lot. I, I think I think everyone recognizes that coming here is, is a really is a dream for lots of folks. But there's also you know, you leave behind family and friends. You leave behind not understanding the culture, the American culture very often, and, and really starting from scratch. And so I really wanted to make that point clear. Uh, number two, you know, um, immigrants, all immigrants really, but particularly from the Caribbean and, and, and African countries, they are extremely well-educated and also extremely hardworking. I mean, when you look at Ivy League schools, for example, the majority of black students who, are, who, who attend those schools are coming from um, Caribbean or African backgrounds. You know, so these are the kids of uh, either immigrants themselves or their first generation or their parents are, are immigrants. But because there's a strong emphasis on education, um, you see that black immigrants are, are pursuing educational opportunities degrees, that, not just bachelors, but advanced degrees, and then trying to kind of find a foothold in the economy. Uh, and, and, and you see, based on our labor participation rate, which is like 75, per, almost 75 percent, you, know, you see that this immigrant group in particular is really hardworking and really contributing economically to our country. And uh, I think the challenge that you'll find, and my husband, who's also an immigrant, he found is, a, is sometimes, you know, your, your degrees and your skills and your experience um, from your homeland is not always recognized here. So that's a challenge for us. Uh, and then the third yeah. piece is just around assimilation. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's actually easier for us to assimilate in some ways because language tends not to be a, a barrier, um, but also kind of the, the values of, of democracy, of, of, um, of valuing individual rights and liberties and freedoms. And, and coming from countries where sometimes the government is so corrupt that you recognize why the demo, a free, fair, democratic process is so important. I think that aligns very well with with um, values in this country. So, you know, as I've heard some rhetorics, very unproductive and unhelpful rhetoric, and I really wanted to clear those pieces up. Well, that's, it really is. It is helpful, and it is um, uh, it is so important. I think to to understand um, just the when we talk about immigration. That you know, obviously, there's a lot of, of different parts. Immigration is a complicated, uh, complicated issue, and there's lots to balance. But it really is important for Americans to remember um, a how lucky we are to be here, and that most people who want to come here want to come here for the all the right reasons. Um, and and uh, you know, we can yeah. we should sympathize um, sympathize with, um, with that. Um, but you know, Patrice, obviously, this is when we we think about immigration. Americans are so divided about it. Do you think that the compromise is in, is impossible? No, it's not impossible. I actually think that what seems like it's uh, division are really just different types of goals and aims that that are played off of each other for political reasons, but are actually not. You know, I talk about it in the piece. I mean, most Americans um, they overwhelmingly believe that immigrants bring um, bring value to our society, and, and they, they, they support that. There's actually been a Gallup polling looks at how the trajectory of, you know, whether we should increase or maintain immigration levels, and it's been on a, kind of an increase um, over the past few decades. You know, but, but Americans also want to ensure that our borders are secure. Uh, and so sometimes in the news you hear uh, either it's secure borders um, and border enforcement and, and immigration enforcement, or it's increasing immigration. And those those goals do not have to be in conflict. 
I think we can have a, a, a compassionate system, but also a system that makes sense. And, and every country of the world has restrictions and limitations on who they allow into, the, into, their, into their country and for what reasons. And I think it's very fair you know, for us to, to have a discussion about what is the right level of immigration, you know, and, and, and also to parse out legal immigration versus illegal immigration. And that is where most Americans say absolutely not. And most, I, I believe most immigrants will say, yes, we came here legally. We recognize that rule of law is important and, and we need to treat legal immigration differently than we treat illegal immigration. Yeah, you know, that's actually something I've heard. I've heard quite frequently from um, from new immigrants is people who who made the the sacrifice to get here and to um, kind of follow the rules. And you know, it can be a very costly and time consuming process that um, that often those those immigrants, those legal immigrants are very um, adamant. They're as, as passionately anti illegal immigration as, as anybody else you'll hear because um because we recognize, and I think you you hit the nail on the head with this idea of really we need to separate in kind of the dialogue are, are um, the legitimate reasons for wanting to stop illegal immigration, um, because that does pose both a national security threat. And thankfully, it's just I think it's just unfair. I think it's um, as a mom of five, I'm always saying, you know, you've got to follow the rules. And it frustrates me with the idea that yeah. that we have a system today that, that is rewarding folks who, who are breaking the rules while making it incredibly hard for those who are following the rules. And that just seems patently unfair. There. Um, but so I think that if we, if we do keep that in mind, that we can kind of come to a consensus. But so I know that this is um, kind of a, in real time that every every um, day that the Senate is continuing to kind of um, work on this issue. But what is the status of immigration um, reform and, and what do you expect from the, the debate that's ongoing? Well, uh, so this week, I, I think we saw a really unique and kind of rare opportunity for the Senate to debate any proposal any senators had and, uh, and to vote on them. Um, and we've seen two uh, pretty prominent proposals fail. One of them uh, incorporated uh, kind of the framework that the White House had put forward on immigration. Uh, the other was much more narrowly focused um, and, and just targeted on, on dealing with uh, young people who were brought here uh, illegally when they were kids um, and so or so-called dreamers and kind of the deferred action um uh, program from President Obama. So it seems like there is a very, there's a very strong deadline around March 5th. I'm sure everybody has heard about that. That just deals with one very specific part of the immigration debate, which is those, those young people, those, uh, dreamers, so-called dreamers. Um, but I, I, I think, uh, what we'll probably see because there's so much still some division within Congress, um, is that there'll be a, a very limited, um, plan that deals with that March 5th deadline of, of the dreamers and trying to ensure that, you know, the one in 1.8 million of those young people are, um, are able to stay and, and are given some sort of path to, um, to permanent uh, status here, whether that's citizenship or something less. And then I think the larger debate around immigration will probably be kicked to a future date. And I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in that because I do think this is from an economic standpoint, Companies and businesses want to figure out how do we ensure that they can bring, you know, good, strong workers here to the United States. There are families who have, um, you know, applied to bring, uh, to, to be reunited with their parents or their siblings, and, and they're waiting in line legitimately for a chance to come here, and, and all of that doesn't get addressed. So you will probably see that the, the Dreamers issue addressed, and you will probably see something done around border security, perhaps um, adding some funding to that. But we really need to to not just take a piecemeal approach to immigration reform, but actually to yeah. really have that 
that um, that overall discussion about how do we ensure, as you rightly said, that people who want to come here illegally can do so and bring a value uh, to this country, um, and and also to ensure that we don't um, incentivize people to come here illegally. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much, Patrice, for bringing us up to speed on the immigration debate and also for sharing your personal backgrounds. And thank you, our listeners. Um, be sure to read Patrice's um, piece, which is available on our website at iwf.org, where all issues are women's issues. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content.